Hello and welcome to the Talk from Society podcast. My name is Marcelo Pico, the editor-in-chief of Talk from Society, uh, and your host for the Talk from Society podcast. This is episode 66. Uh, we're back. Uh, we, we do these um, not regularly at all anymore. <laughs> I think I mentioned that in the last episode, which, if you're keeping track, we did another episode of this back in March. Where we talked South by Southwest, and now we're here. It's another special occasion. We're talking Mission Impossible Fallout, the new Christopher Quarry Tom Cruise movie. Um, and I have a special guest with me for this episode. It's Rocky Juarez from Talk From Society. Hey, Rocky. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? I'm great. I Actually, I'm amazing. Me too. <laughs> we're both kind of we, buzzing right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we're recording this Monday night. Uh, what, what day is it? It's the twenty third. We it we just got out of the screening like uh, not too long ago, uh, about two hours ago now. Right. 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 Easily. We we just went home, got grub, and now we're on the freaking computer talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're gonna. We've it. That's the that's the trouble with doing this so early. I mean, it, early in terms of like having just seen it, um, I have I've, I've I just saw it. Let uh, gave myself two hours. You know, we were setting up, we were getting ready for this, so I, I've had two hours just to let it sink in. But I feel like, man, <laughs> I this is just gonna be interesting to, us talking about it. But uh, right off the bat, I'll say I, I felt the same way when I saw Rogue Nation. Um, back was it two, three years ago now, um, and it's like I, I had an impression of it when I first saw it, and then it just grew after that, after seeing it more and more times. And I feel right off the bat, I'll say that about Fallout. I I I practically love it at this point, but I feel like I need to see it again and again <laughs> to really, really appreciate it. <laughs> but, but we will do our best to give our first impressions here on this episode. Um, okay, and so before we move on, well, f- we're first going to start off by going non-spoilery. Okay, uh, we're we're going to release this like the night we record it. So uh, I'm sure by the time people listen to this part, uh, they haven't seen it yet. So uh, we'll talk for a bit non-spoilers, and then you know, if you maybe ten twenty minutes later, we'll go deep spoilers, and uh, once you've seen the movie, you can dive right in and hear our thoughts about. Every little detail. So, yeah. So that's the episode. That's that's about Fallout. So in general, let's start there. Okay, Rocky. In general, Mission Possible Fallout. What did you think? I think it's pretty much pitch perfect. It's a great sequel to the franchise. It's uh, phenomenal entertainment. I think it's good enough to stand on its own. Uh, I think it's if you've never dove into the Mission Impossible movies. You can watch this one and be like, hey, these are kind of cool, and then go backwards. I, I really hope that happens for people that are still skeptical or who still can't get around Tom Cruise being an action dude or whatever. Uh, no matter the situation, the film is rock and roll, man. It just doesn't really let up. It's never boring. Um, it does fun things in each and every action set piece. Um, they still have the ability to just make your gut sink with some of these sequences. You know, um, I don't know if that's the ultimate point of all of it is to make people faint <laughs> in the audience, but there's a lot of stuff that will make you just gasp. I mean, like these stunts are incredible. And so just in general, 
I mean, I'm raving about it. it it's fantastic. It's like got elements of Ronin. It, it, it's got elements of just like all the other past Mission Impossible movies, which I think we should get into uh, in a oh, second. Yeah. But man, like... Ah, just it's a great time at the movies. I mean, I I'm not kidding when I say that I had a smile on my face from pretty much front to back. Like I was smiling the whole time, or I was just like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, look at this, like this is crazy. Like I giggled several times, like out loud, and half of it is disguising nervousness, and the other half is like, just I'm that entertained right now. I'm so stoked right now to be here in the theater, just watching this film with these people. Uh, it's incredible. Like, good job. Oh, I mean, you know, we saw it in a packed house at this press screening um, with with some press and then a lot of like normal moviegoers and everybody pretty much ate it up from beginning to end. <laughs> oh yeah, there was there was a lot of love for that one. Uh, it's it's so well crafted, so well put together, and yeah, um, I'm with you. Like every pretty much every single action sequence, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I'll say. Just, just the ones people have seen in the trailers, okay, and they've heard about. So, I'll say <laughs> the Halo jump. Um, it's breathtaking, absolutely. Like I, I again, edge of my seat. Uh, the way it's shot, like it. You know, it's practical. You know, it's Tom Cruise falling out of an airplane. <laughs> which, 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 by which, by the way, like. It, it, that that is an incredible bit of filmmaking when you think about it. Like the cameraman has to jump out the plane backwards. Cruz has to zoom down to the camera without smacking it. I mean, <laughs> the the logistics of that are stupid. I mean, like, can you imagine having to compensate for like weight of camera, weight of human holding camera? Cruz speeding down at that. You know, that scene is incredible, especially when yeah. you know that they did that shit. Like he jumped out of the plane in full camera and they still have the ability to like pan over real quick while he does like a, a, a better dive. Like, you know, it's incredible. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous how they pulled that off, man. Yeah. They, they had to do that apparently a hundred times, uh, just to get, you know, the, they had, I think three shots that they stitched together. Um, and yeah, <laughs> holy crap. So that is as amazing as like you've seen the trailers and you've heard, about um, the car chases when they're in Paris. Holy crap. Um, I mean, <laughs> once this movie gets going, it doesn't stop. It doesn't. Like it, like, it, no. And every, every set piece is very well done, but then the moments in between are just kind of like ratcheting up the tension for the next one, and it's, it's just never stale. It's like even when there's dialogue scenes, there's really funny moments, but then there's like... It, they keep it going, man. They just keep the damn thing going. There's, there's never really a wasted scene. And you're going to look at the runtime and be like, ugh, like two and a half. I don't know about that. It doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie at all. This thing moves at a wonderful clip, you know, and you're just into it, you know? Yeah. And, and of course, the another huge sequence of the helicopter chase. And again, edge of my seat. I, I want to see, because we saw it in a regular, like, screen, on a regular screen, right? Right. And they're playing this in IMAX and in other, like, uh, big you know, high premium screens. I want to see it on one of those on a, uh, and that's my, another recommendation I have. See it first. Yeah. See it on, on as big screen as possible. I, see, I would say the IMAX. biggest, biggest and loudest. I would say biggest and loudest because in the Paris sequence, um, Macquarie does the really smart thing of dropping out the score. So it's nothing but the audio of the chase itself. And you get this, like, 
I mean, it's, again, I, I, I brought up Ronin earlier, but that's the first thing that came to mind. You know, you get this amazing, just visceral sense of like, these engines are going at way too, way too fast into oncoming traffic. Just like uh, everything feels horribly dangerous when you don't have a score cheating and telling you how to feel. You know, um, it's incredible. Like very, very well done shit. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's all the action. The action is superb. It, it's as fantastic as, you, as you've heard. There have been comparisons to Fury Road, um, and I'd mm-hmm. say let's let's not let's not to go that far. <laughs> I, I, like my thing is this. Like I, I understand those comparisons. I, I do because um, a lot of the stuff is not. Um, it's it's kind of enhanced with CG at times, but ninety percent of it's like pretty much practical. I mean, these guys are really yeah. pulling that shit off, and you know the same can be said for Fury Road. There is some CG in that film, don't get me wrong, but a lot of that is real cars being flipped and real stuntmen going bonkers. So I, I do get the the comparison, but it, it is kind of apples and oranges. We're talking two yeah. different animals; they 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 operate differently. They're both awesome. I don't think it's really. Uh, an apt comparison like you know what no, I mean no. I, I think it's the closest comparison as far as balls to the wall action but they are so far removed from each other as far as tone and even structure is concerned so like I mean stunt work maybe <laughs> yeah. but that's as far I, as I we're think going in, in general and in the overall, overall uh, if you want to generalize action movies you know this is one of the best in like the last few years yes and you could say Fear Road is one well, that might be that may be the best uh, over the last few years, but yeah, right. in that category, in terms of action movies, yeah, it's also one of the best. Uh, Fallout is, but yeah, it's 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 a whole it's 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 a different ball game. <laughs> I mean, uh, Fear Road is something else entirely, and this is this yeah because um this is a perfect Mission Impossible movie, okay? Yeah. And Fear Road is a perfect you know Mad Max movie, um. This, <laughs> if you're a fan of the Mission Impossible movies, you know, um, you're you're for sure gonna enjoy this. If you if you sure enjoyed like Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, um, and yeah, even if you're a fan of the first one, and if you hey, and if you even if you're a fan of the second one, there's moments in here that you're totally gonna dig. Absolutely, like, this is why people like the Mission Impossible movies. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was like ecstatic when there were, I'm not going to say what they were at this point, but there are moments when like, uh, McQuarrie as the screenwriter, as the director, he makes references to past movies, uh, in terms of like, you know, dialogue characters and, and, uh, certain callbacks in the action. I'm like, Oh, that, that this is calling back to this and this is incredible. So yeah, it's a perfect Mission Possible movie. That for sure, I can say. <laughs> it's it's aces. It's it's action adventure, competent enough that like again, you can go into this film without having seen any of them, and you would have a good time watching it because it's set up like really, really well. But then the if you're a Mission Impossible fan, if you're like totally into this franchise and how fun it is and how cool it can be, they have not run out of steam at all. And I think the one-two punch from Macquarie is a worthy one. He's the only director to come back, and he delivered the goods. He didn't make another, you know, Rogue Nation. He made freaking Fallout. You know, Fallout stands by itself, you know, even though it's playing off the past. It's great. It, it's super, super great. I highly recommend it on all fronts, you know? 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and something that McCory has said on Twitter, because he's been very active on Twitter recently, you know, just trying to promote the movie. Mm. Um, apparently, he came, he approached this movie as, as he says, like a different director from Rogue Nation. Because um, he wanted to honor that tradition where every, every film is made by a different director. You know, De Palma, John Woo, Abrams, Brad Bird. McCory, and now McCory's like, I want to come at this with at, in, a, in a different angle, and I could I could see that it, and he he chose a, a different cinematographer, he chose a different um, composer, and it it feels different visually, and I would love to see this back to back with Rogue Nation. Um, yeah, it feels it, it's not Rogue Nation two. It very much feels like its own thing that also is a continuation of like the last. You know, a few movies. Yeah, he he nails it. I've, he for sure nails it. Yeah, I mean, we're talking gunplay, incredible. We're talking hand-to-hand combat, incredible. You know, we're talking so many, like, the stunt work. I mean, it's bonkers. It's like no matter what aspect you, you're tackling it from, uh, the finale, I mean, it's, it's all awesome. All of it. Yeah. So let's talk briefly about the pl- some of the plot before we get into spoilers. So, right. Um. Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, um, he he gets this. Yeah, he, where do I begin? The syndicate um, is a factor once again, um, and Cruise is uh, is trying to squash them. Right, he gets mm. a new mission, saying that these surviving syndicate members are still wreaking havoc, and this plutonium is on the loose. And it's up to him and his team to find it and stop um, this basically nuclear holocaust. So that's the that's the basic plot. So Hunt is is paired once again back uh, with uh, Benji, played by Simon Pegg, and good old Luther, played by Ving Rhames. And but they're also joined by Hey Henry Cavill as a CIA <laughs> agent, uh, playing August Walker. So uh, where do we begin? Let you know, let's just talk about Henry Cavill for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Rocky. Yeah, what what do you think about his inclusion into the franchise? He's fantastic. He is like I I loved how he played it. Like um, um, I'm not going to throw shots at another movie, but this is to me the better <laughs> the better version of him being like a spy dude. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. This is the dopest. Like his performance is really good. Um, you cannot tell where he's coming from at some of the times and then it becomes painfully obvious. But then there's like, there's so much that he's bringing to the table though. Like he's very smooth, but at the same time he is what Bassett says in the film. You prefer the, the scalpel with Ethan Hunt. I, I prefer a hammer. I mean, he is just brute force. He's basically just like, we're going to get the job done and I'm going to like basically run through walls in order to do it. You know, <laughs> it's like, he is definitely like that kind of juggernaut force, you know, in the film. And it's a good, um, counterpoint to what Ethan's trying to do. And their skydive is incredible. Like all the action set pieces that they get into are incredible. Like there's so much to talk about. Um, he brought, I think a lot of goodness, uh, to mission impossible. Um, that's just me. Um, I can't really talk about his comments off camera, <laughs> but but I, I think he uh, oh, I think he wow. killed it in this movie. I think he's absolutely awesome as this role. You know, um, I understand why they wouldn't want to shave his mustache for Justice League and all that stuff uh, because the look is definitely a thing. Like that uh, that 
half-developed beard, but that stash. You know what I mean? Uh, he just has that ruggedness. But at the same time, it's like, no, he'll he'll kill you. Like, this dude will... He's, he's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely an assassin. You know, like they say in the trailer. It's amazing. Yeah, he, he's the perfect foil for Ethan Hunt in this. Because he's playing a CIA agent who's, like, basically keeping tabs on Hunt and his team. Um, because uh, Angela Bassett, as the CIA director, Sloan, she's like... To Alec Baldwin, who plays the the, the 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 IMF chief, he's like, "Hey, you guys are reckless. You guys lost the plutonium, but now you know CIA is involved, so we got to keep tabs on you." And so, yeah, yeah, a good old Henry Cavill is going to tag along and just basically annoy the hell out of Ethan Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's a very good for. I I very much enjoyed him in this. Um, I for me, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, I always love them in this. They're they they have good uh, comedic beats. Um, Simon Pegg is like some great action moments. He's still, <laughs> I think he's like, it's been like a running theme like the last like what two movies he's been in. He's just trying to be like a field agent, trying to be part of the team, not to the point that he's like the next Ethan Hunt, but just a reliable part of the team. And I still like that that is a, that's in. Um, He's still trying to be developed as that type of character. Uh, there are moments mm-hmm. where he's like, "I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in this thing." But uh, but no, he's 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 a he's a pretty good action star in this. Not again. He's not Ethan Hunt. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to be Ethan Hunt. And that's the best. That's the best part of, of these mission movies. Quite frankly, it's like. I mean, you can view him as comic relief, but there's an arc there for him trying to get into the field and trying to save the day. You know, um, but. Benji's great because if you have two Ethan Hunts on the same team, that's fucking boring. You know yeah, what I mean? They, that's like that's so boring. They they tried that with uh, Ghost Protocol and uh, Jeremy Renner. They did. Um, I, they I, did al- I almost went there. Um, his character definitely had a different a, a different kind of beat, but in essence, yes, he is a, an agent that is kind of like on par with Ethan Hunt. So yeah. and. It's whatever. I still love Gross Protocol. I like all the mission movies, quite frankly. I think they're all really, really cool. But that's not lost on me that they kind of just were like, eh, let's just throw another hunt in there. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You know? <laughs> but whatever. That's why I like Benji. That's why I like Ving Rhames. They're all they're all different. Luther's different. Benji's different, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Ving Rhames has moments in this that I, I'm glad they, they gave him. Uh, some, some good comedic moments, some good actual, like, he's integral to the plot and he has some emotional moments too so dude Vin uh. Rames had a huge laugh off of a point he, <laughs> he literally just pointed at somebody pointed at himself and the audience lost their minds and, you know <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you get that joke yourself you know people watching but it was that joke killed it's like he again with just physical action he delivered a lot and like you just said he's got some emotional scenes in this movie he's got some real deal like like I'm here for Ethan Hunt because I got Arby meats in my bloodstream. <laughs> no, I mean, all kidding aside, he's got some funny ass like lines. He kills. It's such a treat to have him back again. I think as Luther coming back. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the the main villain. Uh, not to spoil things, but yes, he is. I mean, you've seen it. People have seen the trailers. You know what's going on. Uh, the main villain from. Rogue Nation returns. Sean Harris uh, playing right. S- Solomon Lane, um, and yeah, I I I I think I like him a lot more in in this than in Rogue Nation. I think I can say that because he he has like a beard. He's like it's been two years since he got captured in Rogue Nation, and he's just more ragged. 
and he's just out. I mean, it's, it's not a spoiler. He's just out to get Ethan Hunt at this point. And I believe it. Uh, he's just a villain out to destroy Ethan Hunt. And that's good enough for me. I mean, it's... Um, if you read Talk From Society, you, you would have read by now, hopefully, Diego's um, Mission Impossible 3 article where he, he, he mentions how Philip Seymour Hoffman is like the the high point in villains in the entire series, which I still agree with. Like nothing can top Hoffman, uh, but I think Sean Harris comes close to Hoffman. Uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said about John Voight's uh, villainy from the first film. Yeah. Like I, I really like what he was doing in that film. Um, just turning on the own, his own team, all that good stuff. Like they're, they're, that's, that's creepy. But then that ties into like, you know, turning on your own team, you know, comes later, you know, all in the series. Like, you, you don't know who to trust, you know, in this whole thing. So, like, it's super cool how they flip all that stuff. And uh, But I like I like Voight's villain. I like Voight's villain. Uh, Do Gray Scott doesn't really stick with me. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> is pretty dope. Um, I mean... God, who, uh, who, who do we have in the fourth? It was the... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Um, it was our dude from um, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Dragon Tattoo. Who, who passed away. And, um, oh, that's yeah. Right. He was trying to blow shit up, basically. <laughs> he was just trying to nuke the world, yeah. you know? And so, uh, not necessarily a one-note villain, but a very clever villain. Like, in the way he escaped with masks, you know, in the dust storm and, like, all that stuff. Like, he was a crafty villain. Like, I, I liked his his work, too. But there's something about what, uh, what Sean does. Like, he's always creepy. If you watch anything he's in... Um, the Red Riding Trilogy, the middle chapter, there's so many, like, things he's in where he just is like, this guy looks fucking nuts. Like, he looks genuinely nuts. Like, something yeah. is off there, you know? Um, Scott Derrickson used him actually really well in uh, Deliver Us From Evil. Um, he was like this dude possessed, you know? And the moment I saw that he was the dude that was possessed, I was like, this is going to be sick. Like, the performance is going to be great from him because he's has that look in his eyes. And back to what you're saying with his ragged look, in the, in the first time we meet him uh, in Rogue, he's very precise and he's very smooth and very, very confident, well-dressed, well-kempt. And in this film, he's definitely disheveled. He's definitely taken out of his element, but there's still that look in his eye like, I am literally cooking your soul with my vision right now <laughs> you know like he, he has that look and that's what's so great about his villain so yeah i i agree he's he's a top tier mission baddie for sure he's he's probably in second place for me probably yeah yeah same here um who else can we talk about oh of course uh, rebecca ferguson as uh elsa faust what a good addition, um, right? Like, I mean, she just literally brought the house down in the last film. She is standout in Rogue Nation. Everyone talks about her in freaking Rogue Nation. Uh, so, yeah, her journey continues here, and she still delivers, man. She's still just like, I, I believe her as an action heroine, you know? I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I I love her so much. <laughs> I love Rebecca Ferguson. I love her character. We'll talk about it more in, in the spoiler section, but I... I like how they reintroduced her here, how she plays a important role by the end. And yeah, um, basically every character in play here, I enjoy. Um, I'm trying to think real quick. Again, we just saw this two hours ago. I don't think there's any character in here that I don't, that I don't think they handled not well. Um, and yeah, and like even the inclusions, 
Um, should I say this? Yeah, Michelle Monaghan pops up. We'll talk about her later. But I, I even like how Michelle Monaghan plays an important role by the end. Um, but yeah, I just love this cast. Even Alec Baldwin. Uh, yeah. he, has, he, he has some moments, you know? Real quick, before I forget, shout out to Angela Bassett for just showing up and being you. Angela Bassett. Like, Angela I mean, Bassett. <laughs> they, just, they literally wrote this character, strong, powerful, cutthroat woman, takes no prisoners. Who do we call? They were probably just like, let's just call Angela Bassett. Get her on the phone. <laughs> and they, they got her on the phone. And they were like, Angela, we got this part for you. She's like, all right, what do you need me to do? She's like, be you. <laughs> just, just, come, just come through and talk hard. Talk like, 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 you, like somebody stole your lunch money. And you're about to just really uh, just own them, you know? Like, she's perfect. Like, again, she doesn't do that much in this film. She's literally on, like, fucking FaceTime calls. And, like... <laughs> She shows up maybe once <laughs> or twice, and I'm not yeah. shitting on that. I'm not. I'm so glad they gave her a big check just for coming in and being herself. I think that is the illest thing out of all the fallout. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. yeah. It's um, yeah. It's her again. Like you, like like you're saying, Rocky. Maybe she's in like three scenes at the most, and then she like pops in here and there and there. But she is Angela Bassett. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. They got her because she's Angela Bassett and she's that powerful, take no prisoners sort of. The best. She's a perfect, yeah, she's a perfect CIA director. Um, and yeah, she, there's a reason why she's like, hey, you know, I don't trust you guys. I don't trust the IMF. So I'm going to send in one of the most dangerous people on earth, uh, August Walker, Henry Cavill's character. So yeah, she's like, she takes no bullshit. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So, so that's the cast. Um, yeah, we won't, we don't want to say too much about the story, but uh, but overall, man, again, I'm still buzzing about this. It's electric. Uh, I, I, I want to see it again. You know, for sure. I do. I'm dying to see it again. I want to see it in IMAX because I hear in IMAX apparently uh, they do that thing they did. They haven't done since Ghost Protocol where they expand the aspect ratio to make it bigger. They do that for two scenes. I'm not sure which two scenes they are. I'm going to guess it's for like the halo jump and the helicopter chase. It's got to be so, the helicopter, man. Like, yeah. It has to be. Because that, again, just to, uh, I'm going to say that again real quick. These action pieces, holy crap. And that helicopter chase, it's a perfect blend of like CG and practical effects. When it's practical... You know it's practical. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't get motion sickness or I don't get dizzy watching movies. I don't. But there are moments in here where I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I felt it. I felt the, the your, shots. Dude, your heart comes in your throat sometimes. It's it's all about the scale and the perspective of it all. And obviously, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, it's the daring do of it too. It's like, yeah, if you really did that, you'd be freaking out. Like, if you were in the helicopter doing these stunts and doing this stuff, you'd be bugging out. But they shoot it in such a way that you feel that scale. You you would you feel the fact that if like anybody slips up, stuntmen die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it feels so dangerous at all times, man. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, the the way the perspective, like you're saying, the way McQuarrie shoots this, putting put the cameras in. The best possible locate uh, the best possible places in these helicopters where you see Tom Cruise actually flying, you see the backdrop, and it's real. You know it's real, <laughs> and <laughs> it's nuts. There's a point when like Tom Cruise and it's not a huge spoiler, or he has he's flying he's really flying this helicopter, and he's like spiraling down <laughs> like this huge cavern, 
And holy crap, it's one of the most amazing practical effect shots I've seen in a movie. Yeah, like they, they did that shit. You know what I mean? There's a behind-the-scenes little doc about how they did that. Like, did a little corkscrew down a freaking waterfall, and they're like, how long have you flown a helicopter? And he's like, oh, not long. <laughs> he's just like, not long, not long at all. Uh, you know, just tell me what to do. And they, you know, it's, it's fucking insane. It's like... It, it's absolutely insane. I agree with you. That practical shot is like, wow. You know, like just, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, holy crap. So, yes. So, a few last words before you move into the spoiler section of this. So, yes, Fallout. Highly recommended. Uh, highly recommended. Highly recommended. It's wonderful. Time at the movies. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I can't. Actually, I'm not going to stop talking about it because we're going to talk about it some more for at least another 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for the non-spoiler section. If you've reached this far, yes, go see it. Uh, after you've seen it, come back, listen to the second half of this where we talk nothing but spoilers. And we'll, we'll also talk about um, some of the uh, – not some of the uh, – the last five movies. We'll, we'll talk about those briefly. And I want to go through those and just talk about how great they are. Because, yes, like Rocky was saying – like you were saying, Rocky – they're all great in their own way. I, I, I like them a lot. Um, even two, I won't talk about two for a second, but even two, I'm like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Some of it is like too, some of it goes too off the rails, but by the end I'm like, ah, that's, that's a pretty fun time. I it's like, style like over substance, but man, that style is no joke. <laughs> that style, <laughs> the slow-mo, the way he whips around the guns, it's his fucking haircut that moves in the slow motion. <laughs> it's like, it's a combo of things. It's like it's so bonkers how well shot that film is. And like you just said, how stupid it is, how ludicrous it is. <laughs> it is so ludicrous. But at the same time, like again, visually it's stunning. It's absolutely fucking stunning. So, yeah, I mean, I got no problems with this franchise. I, I have a good time every time um, I go to the movies to watch them. Like, I've seen them all on the big screen, and every time I'm just like, man, these movies are just fun, you know? Like, that's all there is to it. it I think it's going to go down as one of the best franchises ever. Like, ever, ever, ever. Like, the way people talk about the MCU now, or even the Fast and the Furious now, like, Mission Impossible is way up there with, like, just pound for pound. A consistent franchise. Absolutely. And we'll talk about more about the franchise overall and more about Fallout after this break, where we dive into nothing but spoilers. So enjoy the Mission Possible theme, and then we'll be right back. So, spoilers. This is it. Your final warning. Spoilers. For Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoy the movie, or hope you are enjoying being a sadist and listening to this and uh, knowing everything about the movie beforehand before you see it. Or if you never see the movie at all and you just listen to this, 
something's wrong with you, but yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to see Mission Impossible, but I'm going to listen to these two film motherfuckers talk about it. <laughs> you do whatever you want, okay? <laughs> do do you? <laughs> do you? So it's about the spoilers. So, um, let me just start by saying. I like that Rogue Nation and Fallout, both in their own way, deal with Ethan Hunt and what makes him tick, right? Um, I don't want to rank, I don't want to rank these movies right now because when it came out of Rogue Nation, I, I still thought it was like maybe not the best, but, uh, it had potential to be the best. But then after like a few viewings, like I said at the beginning, at the beginning of this podcast, it's hard to process this when I've just seen it. Um, after seeing Rogue Nation initially, I'm like, not the best, but it's good. Then seeing it again and again, I'm like, oh yeah, it's the best. Um, it took some time for me to you know, come around to it and say it's a be- it's the best. I don't know where Fallout is. I don't want to say where I, I, I put it. It's definitely up there. Um, but it, the reason why I love it now, the reason why I may love it even more later on, is because it deals, like Rogue Nation, it deals with Ethan Hunt and what makes him tick and what makes him a good guy. Um, and you see that in the beginning. Um, he is a good guy because he cares about the individual. All right. It's, it's, it's like, it's kind of, uh, what, what's the word? It's maybe too melodramatic, maybe too on the nose, but Ethan Hunt is a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a hero. He, he he's is a hero. An, he is in essence a hero. It's like, he's the star of the film. Yes. Uh, Tom Cruise is obviously one of the most recognizable names ever, but at the end of the day, the character he's playing, Ethan Hunt, is a hero, and he is going to look out for the greater good. And moments like that, where he, like, you know, takes care of, you know, he, he basically sacrifices the goddamn mission to save his friends or to save people that aren't yeah. his friends. You know what I mean? Just human life in general, he's trying to save, even though he, he does shit that breaks human life, <laughs> like, you know, in half. But, like, it, at the end of the day, it's only when he's pushed. It's only when people rush him that he has to just learn him something. <laughs> yeah. So it's because he saves uh, Luther's life. He chooses Luther over the plutonium in the beginning that really mm-hmm. sets things off. And I think that's a great way to start the movie. Right? And then that theme of him being maybe of him not sacrificing enough uh, would have him like possibly lose out on everything, you know, possibly go to new, possibly kill millions of people because he saved one life. Right. You know, that's that, that's what he's dealing with. So that fades into well, that that cuts into the next scene where you see uh, Italy get nuked. Yeah, you see Italy get nuked. You see all these people basically die on screen and i'm like holy shit they're going here like that is that is ballsy but the then mo- oh, yeah but then yeah we get the wonderful fake out and the the part that i knew when they were totally pulling our chain is when ethan played the good cop bad cop moment when he tried to rush the dude <laughs> yeah. and luther has to hold him back he's like ethan, we're not like this you know what i mean don't beat him up you know like I, that's when I knew I was just like, "Holy fucking shit!" They're about to do Mission Impossible One. They're literally, no. they literally created a set, and they're gonna rope a dope. Not rope a dope. That's the wrong term. Sorry, that's a bu- stupid boxing term. Um, they, they're gonna just sucker this guy, like have him spill all the info, and then move the plot forward from there. And that's the beginning of Mission Impossible One. There's a scene like that, I believe, in Mission Impossible Two, but it involves masks and like drugs. Yeah. N- not necessarily a set. It's more of just like a fake out. But I love that. I love the fact that they called back to film one of just this whole like 
everyone's in disguise, you know, like all that shit. Like the, the, the walls aren't real. Like all, all, it's so good. It's so, so good that they went there. See, I, I didn't, I was surprised. I didn't know until, um, like until the, 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 well, he was like a scientist, right? Who was working for the syndicate. I didn't realize until he was like, Oh, and then I was like, Oh, <laughs> I think I even shouted, not shouted, but I made a, a high squeak noise. I was like, ah. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> in a oh, theater. snap. <laughs> oh, they did it. They pulled it off. It's great. So, oh, it's so good. I love that. I, the mask playing this is because it, it happens in that first, uh, in that, in that pre credits, you know, sequence when the, the walls come down and then it happens later on. I love that shit. I do. I, cause I loved it in Rogue Nation. I fell for it in Rogue Nation when, um, they had the masks on and Alec Baldwin's character. He's like, uh, or <laughs> he says to the, the prime minister, he's like, Ethan Hunt is the man, man the manifestation of destiny. Like he is, like he has his whole spiel. And then right there and then Ethan Hunt pulls off his mask and he was there all along. So, that's my favorite. That, that still might be my favorite scene of the entire series. You know, I love the masks in in, in Mission Impossible, and they're they're, they're a blast. They're they're just so fun. And props to Brad Bird for actually breaking the mask machine to where they had to like <laughs> do something different. You know what I'm saying? They had to improvise. You know, and that's the other magic of the series too. By the way, is the fact that their missions never go right. Like yeah. <laughs> something always comes up the works. Like in Rogue Nation, fucker drowns. He dies until Ferguson <laughs> goes in to save him. And then sure enough, they jumpstart his heart and he's just like in a car chase. <laughs> he's just like, oh. like, it's so good. Like there's a, lot of, a, a ben, there's a lot of fun like that. Benji's like, you just died, right? That to Ethan Hunt. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> he's like, I'm good. He's like, we're good. <laughs> like, like I, this is like, I'm doing this in my sleep. Like we're good. It's super funny. Super but, funny. No, but like you're saying, I love that call back to Mission Possible 1. Uh, where, yeah, where the opening pre-credits sequence involves like, a master to me, it's a masterful, you know, turn where you, you you just fool a bad guy with these masks. So yes, perfect, perfect opening. Right. Um, and then from there, yeah, like, uh, geez, like it 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 does give you. I uh, I love spy movies. I do, and I always expect with spy movies you have you know these not necessarily convoluted, but very expository scenes of like, oh, there's the bad guy who wants to do this, and you have to do this. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of that in the beginning of this, which I'm totally fine with. Okay. And once we get through all that, then the action starts. I mean, they bring in Cavill, they bring in August Walker, you know, Sloan, Angela Bass's character brings him in. He's like part of the team now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hunt's like, okay, fine. And they're already on the plane, you know, going to Paris to track down this, like this, uh, the syndicate now has like, uh, the surviving members are like called apostles and the apostles are trying to, you know, get the plutonium to, to make three atomic bombs and, you know, kill millions of people. And so <laughs> I forget exactly how, what happens, but yeah, Ethan Hunt, he has to infiltrate, um, this oh god, the, it, who was she called? Like the, the the white was it the white witch? Uh, the white widow. Um, white widow, which, yes. Which, by the way, another callback to Mission Impossible One. She's related yes. to Max, um, and Max was like, you know, the, the was she the fence or I forget? She was trying to steal information. The knocklist, I believe. Yeah, she was the fence. Yeah, 
Okay, so, like, she is introduced in that film, and she has that one line of, like, you are an enigma. You know, she's, like, so fascinated by Ethan Hunt. Like, it probably even turned on by him, the way she looks at him, you know? And then the callback is there clear as day. She even says that, like, during her, like, charity fundraising thing. When when Hunt walks into the room, she basically says the exact same line Max says to him in the back of that limo uh, when they escape, you know, the first film, you know, for trying to access the fake knock list and the feds rush in, you know what I mean? Uh, really good stuff, really good callbacks on that stuff, for sure. I, but, I love it. I, but, I, but they I, have to infiltrate that spot, but to do so, they got to skydive in there, am I right? Is that that? Yes, yeah so, so, so yeah, so that's it. So yeah, they have to uh, meet up with the White Widow uh, in, like, their plan is to, to, because to, like, she's going to meet somebody, and they're going to pretend to be that person using a mask, but before all that, they have to jump into the, in the location. Here's where we talk, here's when they, they do the halo jump where Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise jump out of an airplane. <laughs> and it's, oh, I mean, Rocky, this, this sequence we were talking about earlier, but let's talk about it. So I love that this character, August Walker, like we just met the guy. He's, he's supposed to be a stone cold killer, but he is a little shit. <laughs> yeah. He, he's kind of a bully. He's kind of like a, it's hard to explain. A little shit is what well said. <laughs> yeah, because Cruz is like, listen, like we're about to jump out of an airplane uh, at a high altitude. So that's what's called like the how the halo is called like high high altitude low open. I think that's what it stands for. Mm. Um, so they're up so high that there's no oxygen, and Tom Cruise is like, Hunt's like, hey, you know, make sure you have your oxygen on, you idiot. <laughs> Because if not, then you're you're just gonna die up here. So it, it, jump- it's funny how clumsy he is. You know, it's it's weird. It's like he's such a like he's not a dumbass, but at the same time, that moment was such a funny thing. It's like, yeah, you need to breathe up there. It's like <laughs> it's such an oddballs moment. But maybe he did that shit on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like to fuck uh, with Ethan Hunt, which is great possibly. when you think about it. You know what I mean? Like absolutely great. Uh, trying to get into Ethan's head. You know. Yeah. Try to get so they so Hunt's hesitant because like there's there's a there's a thunderstorm right below them because they're so high up there above the clouds. But then Henry Cavill just jumps anyway and gets they get struck by fucking lightning. <laughs> right, like as they're diving down, he literally says like, "What's the matter, Hunt? You afraid of a little lightning?" And he can't even finish <laughs> lightning when they get fucking hit. Doosh, like and everything goes fritzy. Like. It actually knocks Cavill unconscious. Uh, Cruz is falling, trying to get his gear to work again. And once it does, he finally sees Walker's dumbass like falling. And so he has to basically, you know, skydive to him, try to wake him up, put his oxygen into his oxygen. <laughs> he's, do- he's doing so much, and of course, the whole time it's like you're about to deploy, pull the shoot, pull the shoot. You know, like everything's like getting super dangerously close to the last like second. It's, it's so good. It's, it's electric. It's like, it's, we've seen halo jumps, you know, in cinema before, but this one's like a fun one. This was definitely a, a super fun and it doesn't go as smooth as you think it would go kind of thing, you know? And it, it was wonderful. It was like super good. You know, it's, it's a good way to set, I think the tone for the film, because you're just kind of like, oh man, like <laughs> if, if this whole thing's going to be like this, like this is going to be dope. And it was, <laughs> <You know? laughs> everything, everything was last second, you know, super brutal, like, uh, incredible, just wonderfully paced. <clears throat> it's, it's a, it's a perfect opening. Cause it's the first big opening action set piece is a right. halo jump. 
and then man. we and then we go into a bathroom fight. Oh, okay. Very, let's, very let's talk about the bathroom fight. So yeah, so there. I don't want to run through the whole thing. Let's just like jump to like the big the big moments. So yeah, right, yeah right. the next big moment is them trying to you know get the the guy who's about to meet the White Widow. They're trying to. Uh, be him and and put on that face and be this guy, but things don't go as planned. Obviously, so they have so they fight it out with this guy. That bathroom fight, it's that, and, and here is when we see like the infamous uh, shot of Henry Cavill pumping his fists uh, into. What, how would you describe that? Pumping his fists into fists. <laughs> no, I I always took that sequence as just like um it. Even in the trailer, it was just like, like, all right, here we go. Like, that's what it means to me. It's just like, all right, like, this is going to be a fight, like, straight up. Like, we're nobody, none of us are walking away until one of us is dead. That's what it means to me. It means just straight up, like, I'm coming in, here we go. Like, fists are up, I'm walking at you, it's going to happen. Like, that's what's going on, and that's it. <laughs> like, end of story. And what, the best part about that whole sequence, man, is we know just from his attitude and just from the few uh, action beats in that moment, we know Cavill is capable. I mean, even though he's kind of a dick, uh, we know that he's capable of holding his own in a fight. We know from previous films that Ethan Hunt can hold his own in fights. We know that he's like the shit. That dude that they try to go up against brought the goods. Like, he was one of the worst little bad guys to ever like show up in any like like franchise not franchise but any Mission Impossible movie like he was such a standout little villain because he did not go down quietly that dude was like fucking brutal like from front to back just like he didn't he was hardcore he was giving them so many problems <laughs> like i mean he basically knocked out Henry Cavill like he like dude and they were putting it on him they flipped him through the glass they flipped like they were using like plumbing like you know it was insane like that fight you know just lots of violence in that fight but the dude held his own like it should have been a moment where these two dudes took over were on to the next scene hell no like they they ran across a dude that was a problem like from the moment go he was a problem like they tried to subdue him and the second they tried to subdue him it went south like it did not it did not go well and i think that's going to stand out as one of the cooler uh action beats of the film especially when he's standing up like he just knocked out cavill and he's standing up like let's go cruise like let's go and you're just like motherfucker man we're supposed to take you out like this isn't supposed to go like this it's so good it's like you can see the frustration on on hunt he's just like all right you know like this is going to be a day you know what i mean this is not, this is not going to be as smooth as we thought it was going to go you know this sucks wonderful, uh, see, wonderful. i love it, it it's good it goes back to, to what we said earlier where like these missions do not go as planned like they they had a plan to going in but everything just just falls apart they just have to improvise it's a little moment i think after that after the fight and then like uh elsa faust has an introduction where she saves ethan hunt's life i love that um, basically kills this guy before this guy kills Hunt, and then at this point the 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 little machine that they're gonna make the mask with like it's broken, the guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, he says what the he says uh like, why can't you make a somebody says why can't you make a face mask? But and Hunt goes I need a face. The yeah, guy has no face. <laughs> it's been shot off. 
<laughs> it's good, man. It's just it's a it's a phenomenal like hand to hand combat sequence. Some one of the better ones because it's basically a two versus one fight uh, in the in the vein of the raid where the the two yes. brothers go up against Mad Dog in the raid. It's it's kind of like that. It's a close quarters bare knuckle brawl that just you feel it like you you feel every time Cavill's throwing a hook and a body blow like you just feel those moves you know what i mean and like and again like you could tell he's a master of judo because not only does he flip that dude through the glass but he flips ethan hunt pretty much the same way when they get into fisticuffs later and it's just like dude this is this is really good like whoever did the fight choreography high five you know like high marks because they got a really good scene right in the middle of the film that really could have just like been a quick oneer. It could have just been like super quick. They got the information they needed. They moved on to the white widow. We're moving on with the movie, but we take, we take a few scenes in that bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. With people even coming in to the bathroom and causing a disturbance or being like, Hey, look at these guys in the stall. Or there's always something happening in that sequence. And it's like, this is going on longer than I expected, but at the same time, it is great. <laughs> it's all like, <laughs> it's all really, really good. <laughs> uh, big, yeah. Big again, fan. yeah it, it stands out. It, the, again, <clears throat> something I love about the last two, uh, last two Mercury movies, this and Rogue Nation, like there's an action sequence. Well, and it does kind of play into like the entire franchise, but not every entry has uh, has as many action sequences that are so varied. Like, there's a car chase in this. There's, there's hand to hand. There's aerial stuff. Same thing can be said for Rogue Nation. Uh, even Ghost Protocol has that. You know, not not necessarily Part Three or One or Two has that too. Like, there's fist to fist. There's there's the very action sequences, but no, like the last three, last three have been very good about that. There's a lot, especially the car chases in the last two, and that's also Ghost Protocol has a good car chase. But man, just focusing on this hand to hand stuff, it's good in its own right. It is. If you put it in any other movie, it stands out. But when when it's in this, it's like that's that's not the end of it. There's more action. Uh, but there's not necessarily hand to hand stuff. There's car chases. There's 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 aerial stuff. There's so much more. So my point is, it's a it's a spectacular hand to hand stuff. But that's just the beginning. It, so. Yeah, and they they don't they don't blow their load as they say. Like it it, it never wanes from that moment on. It, it still builds. It still builds. It still builds. And then the aerial fight is but not. It's just bonkers. It's like it's two. It's a oh, it's a dog fight with two helicopters. And it just clicks. It totally, totally clicks. But we'll get to that. Like, yeah, we'll get to that. A- after the whole bathroom fight, we meet with the White Widow, and then we're scrambling out, basically, to the next mission, as they say, is extract Sean Harris out of that armored vehicle. Yeah, and Solomon Lane. Fir- yeah, Solomon Lane. And the first plan involves a lot of killing. <laughs> a, lo- <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of hats being dropped on the floor. So... Hunt, of course, like we were telling you earlier, he's a hero. So he has to basically like improvise and f- fix this moment. He has to extract that dude a different way. And uh, the the following sequences, I think, are like... I think when you first see it happening, your brain is thinking Nolan. Your brain is thinking Dark Knight. And some of that Zimmer-esque score uh, definitely kicks in, you know, and you yeah. feel that. I kind of got more Inception than Dark Knight as far as the score goes. Um um, there's a there's a chase scene in Inception where you know DiCaprio gets crunched in the walls, and oh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember uh, the country and I can't. 
to say my life. I can't but, either. Uh, I, I, but anyway, I, I like, that either. music that plays in that sequence is very just like like percussive and very fast, and it's not as dreamy and as weird as the rest of the score. That's what Mission Impossible is doing, basically. That percussive, propulsive, keep it moving, you know. So even though it's evocative of these things that I'm talking about, it doesn't rip it off. It's got notes, but it does its own thing. And so Hunt, what do they do? He has to change the plan. He has to knock the car into the water so he can get him out of the water and then get out of Paris. And the whole time he's trying to flee with Sean Harris, freaking Ferguson is on his ass too <laughs> because <laughs> Ferguson has, you know, a debt and she has to pay it off. And my six doesn't trust her, blah, blah, blah. She has to prove her worth and her worth being proven is taking out the main bad guy. And so that obviously comes into conflict because they're trying to figure out, you know, where the bombs are going to go off and we need, we need all the information we can get out of this guy and you're trying to kill him. So he's running from fucking all kinds of people. Like, whether it's the widow, whether it's Ferguson, or the actual police of France. Like, he's running from, like, everybody. And that sequence is so awesome, man. The, the motorcycle stuff, the, the going against traffic, the everything. It, it felt like all the best parts of the Matrix Reloaded freeway chase. But at the oh, same yeah. time, it felt like it, a Mission Impossible movie. And I only say that because I'm reminded of Trinity on the bike. And... Um, I don't know how much of a marriage it was with CGI cars and practical cars because we all know crews will go for it. And we all know in The Matrix there's definitely a lot of CGI in that film. Camera tricks where we go under you know, the cars, things like that, because they are CG cars. Uh, who cares? Because the marriage of the effects is great. Like You really, really feel that chase. Am I wrong? I mean, like it's bonkers. I mean, this whole... I think we can. I can put it in like... Uh, where do I even begin? It's like a 30-minute, I believe, chunk of the movie where it starts with the the you know uh, the the Solomon Lane breakout, right? Then it goes into the cops chasing Hunt, right? Then it goes to Hunt uh, and Lane escaping from Elsa, right? Elsa's on their tail. Mm-hmm. It's massive, and it's just it's. <laughs> and I guess you could you can you can categorize it as like. The, the the Paris action sequence that it's just it's like three back to back action set pieces together and it's yeah I the one in the middle when Hunt is like escaping from the cops the one you're saying where he's on the bike again it's another moment where I'm like <laughs> edge of my seat don't know what's real don't know what's fake but I feel it um, I think I think what where Cruz likes to say is like, oh, it's a lot of it is practical. I think he even said in an interview, it's like the the Mission Impossible movie that that has the most practical effects. But yeah, there's some there's some visual effects in there. I, I can see them, you know, kind of doing some some trickery. Um, I don't know for sure, but but they pulled it off though. I fell for it. If if there was a lot of visual effects, then I felt I I, I thought it was real most of it. They, they so. worked. They, they it totally worked. It's what a special effect should be. It's like you shouldn't really like it. I think even if you can detect the special effect, it's it's in how it's always in how it's utilized. It's always in how like did it, did it sell that story point and did it like oh, yeah. you know this movie is loaded with that. Like I don't think there's a wasted effect. You know what I'm no. saying? Like everything See, is airtight. Because my point is, if it were a visual effect or if it were practical, I fell for 
the moments when Cruz, as Hunts, is driving his motorcycle through traffic, oncoming traffic, and thanks to also the camera work, like there's a there's a shot where he's going around. What's that? Dude, it's like the famous structure in Paris, the 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 big arch. I don't know. Arc, I don't know. Arc de Triomphe. That okay. That um, he's running around that against traffic, and there's a wide shot of that. It's 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 spectacular. I'm like, how? If it was practical, it's amazing that they pulled it off. And if it wasn't still, it's it's a it's a captivating sequence and it's a captivating moment. So. I, I love it. Super yeah. electric. And then after all of this chase sequence and after all this like run around and hullabaloo, we get this sequence where um, Ethan Hunt basically has um, our bad guy, but then he tricks Cavill, completely oh, tricks yeah. Cavill into revealing his hand. And it's pretty much revealed that Cavill is the bad guy, and they've been trying to frame Ethan Hunt this entire time. They've been trying to make him look like a guy that's been a supervillain the entire time. And for lack of better words, it blows up in their face because they do the amazing uh, impossible mission, you know, IMF shit, where they just put on rubber masks. It's just fake out. You know, they totally, like, fake each other out. And holy shit, did Alec Baldwin have some good funny moments in that sequence too <laughs> when, when he's like in on the joke you know because yeah. they, they literally have to pull up this whole you know ruse where it's like Alec Baldwin comes in he shuts down the mission Ethan Hunt you're going rogue you're going crazy it's that bullshit again <laughs> it's that whole scene where I'm, I gotta arrest you and then let's get out of here let's arrest you 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 guard the prisoner and Cavill you stay here behind and of course Cavill just can't help but talk to his boss slash associate in this whole grand scheme, you know, this whole uh, villainy scheme, and they bust him. But then it gets even worse because, you know, Cavill's got dudes in on the take. Like, when the extraction team comes to, like, you know, basically arrest everybody and take everyone in, uh, Cavill's got dudes on his take, you know, so they turn instantly. It's bonkers. It's like everyone's cutthroat, everyone's wrong, everyone's bad. It's so good. I love how they... uh, they just keep you on your toes, like the whole film. You know, it's yeah. really. Fun. I mean, this this twist where they catch uh, Cavill's character. Uh, th- did you see that coming? Because again, that's another moment where I'm like, they got me again. <laughs> I, I, just... I, again, it hit me the same way. I swear to God, it hit me the same way. Halfway through the scene, I'm just like, these motherfuckers, these motherfuckers. Yep, y'all get. They got them. They got them. <laughs> like, like I knew it. It was just one of those. Like, I knew it. They're too smart. They're too fucking smart. Like, th- it was just the way they left the room too. It was like it was too clean. It was too like. Uh, it just didn't didn't click right. You know what I mean? And so halfway through the sequence, I'm just like, yeah, he's he's letting them have it. Like he's literally just being like, I'm the bad guy. Why didn't you do this sequence of events? When I told you <laughs> to do this sequence of events. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> like it was it was great. It was Maybe. it was it was good. Like a uh, fake out. You know, it was it's a callback, but they got it right. Yeah, I think I'm just too gullible, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Where I'm just, I say, "Hey, movie, you got me. I'm glad you got me." Because uh, I, I didn't see it coming until the until when again when Henry Cavill's like, he says a line where he's like, uh, "IMF, they're just you know kids playing with toys." Or what's, what, what's the line or something? Playing with masks. Then he's like, "Oh, it's Halloween." Shit. It, it, they That's call it, it Halloween. Halloween. Mm-hmm. They, they're playing with masks. <laughs> and look what happened. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's perfect. It's like they use his arrogance, his his not believing in their system 
against him. And that's what's so dope about that sequence. But then yeah. again, like I said, the moment they, they think they got him boxed in, man, Cavill's got dudes on his squad. You know what I mean? It, and it's a callback, in my opinion, not, not a major one. But it's kind of a callback to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character being arrested and taken away and still being saved. Like no matter what, like like he still yeah. had people on his squad that were gonna free his ass in any perilous situation whatsoever, and that's what that shit reminded me of, you know. And as he's walking out of the the warehouse, he's like, first extraction team's down, send back up," <laughs> and he's just kind of like, "Holy crap, dude! He's got dudes everywhere. Like this dude is bad. This dude is really, really bad." So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and I I like that. Um to go back just a bit, there's a scene, a, f- a few scenes earlier, where Cavill's character gives uh, Angela Bass's character that's well, – it's like the, the McCoy already tells the audience. He tells us that, hey, Cavill is not who he says he is because he, he gives Angela Bassett this phone that we, we saw was broken but is like a new phone of that bad guy they killed in the bathroom. And you're like, oh, okay, so Cavill's up to something. He must be – either working with the bad guys or doing something shady. So I like that that's, it's there. Like, almost from the get-go, you know, after that bathroom scene, you know Cavill was up to something. And I like here, it's like halfway through the movie, like, yeah, Cavill's a bad guy. Okay, there you go. We don't, we don't have to save it till the end or anything. He's the bad guy, so I like that. And then we get to another moment that I think calls back to another... Uh, well, it, I guess it calls back to Tom Cruise's entire career, uh, where he's running. <laughs> he this whole the running sequence where he's running through. He's still in Paris, right? He's running to Paris or London. He's in London now. Yeah, right? we're in London now. Yes, they, they, they they've taken him to London. Um, uh, yeah, they're going to do the the uh, the whole plutonium Solomon Lane switch in London. So they're in London now. Um, Cavill's getting away. Uh, and good old Ethan Hunt. Yeah, th- I, say, I think this is a major callback to Mission Impossible 3, where it's the same thing, where Benji is telling Ethan Hunt where to go, because uh, like, like, uh, Benji's on the GPS, and, he, and, and he's like tracking the signal. <laughs> and Hunt is going, you know, through these cathedrals, the, ba- the, the bad guys are chasing him, and he's trying to, 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 to corner... Henry Cavill's character, and it's 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 stellar work. It's Yo, it's we, funny. We need to talk about that that bit where he walks into that funeral. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like that bit is crazy because like he walks into a funeral and it's super awkward because he's being chased and everyone's obviously like you know dressed in black, somber, sad. And he's, like, acting like he's looking for his seat kind of moment, you know? He's like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just kind of walking through this place. And then he eventually apologizes, run out the pl- runs out the place, and they just, like, run with him. And the chase sequence continues. Did you see the size of that coffin? I did not. <laughs> they were at a kid's funeral, bro. Like, oh, that, no. That made me, like, I was dying inside. I was like, this is so dark. This joke is so fucking dark. I cannot believe it's in this movie. I'm laughing. I'm going to hell. This is great. Like, this is, like, super, super funny. Like, again, when you rewatch that movie, look at the size of that coffin. That joke is hilarious. <laughs> that joke is super hilarious. Like, but, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Holy crap. But, no, I, I love it. I love that. Well, not, not the fact that we're in a kid's funeral. But I love the fact that, <laughs> I love the fact that this is – it is um, much like a lot of this movie – it has those callbacks to the original movies. Well, not the original, the past movies in the in the franchise. 
And it just, it just, it just ups it. And that we see, okay, we have to cut to this. We see the moment where Cruz breaks his ankle doing the jump. It's they where he's jumping. It, yeah, they kept it in the film. They kept it in. The jump from building to building. Um, I, I, I think they kept, I don't think they kept the break, but they for sure kept the moment where after he broke his foot. Well, if you got, if, no, if nobody knows, yeah. I think they did Cru- keep the break. Like, I'm being serious. Like, I, I think it's in the trailer and it's definitely in the final film. Like, I think they kept the break on both cuts. Like, the side cut, when he grabs and smacks the building for the first time, his foot bends wrong, breaks. And then as he's walking towards the camera, you see him limping off. Yeah, and, and that's like, for sure. That's for yeah, sure, that's... like, real deal shit. Like, you know, he, he legit broke his shit. And I, what I'm saying is I think they used the take where he, he broke his, his uh, ankle or foot, whatever he broke. Yeah, because like the because like when I because I think in the trailers <clears throat> and this is why I'm like kind of like maybe the uh, to me it's like maybe they did maybe they didn't because in the trailers they show it from the side and but in the movie they show it from the camera follows him from the back as he jumps so I don't know I think you're right maybe because I think they had different angles so yeah. um, whatever the case is you see Cruz with a broken ankle <laughs> in the movie. Um, and it's, I guess it's a testament to how much of a professional he is that uh, after he broke his ankle, he wanted to continue on. And you see that in the movie. In that shot where he comes, he, he, he picks himself back up and he walks out of frame. So that's in the movie. You see Cruz walking around with a broken ankle in the movie. Um, but no, I, I, I love this whole sequence. Then he catches up with, with uh, Cavill's character, with Walker. And you have that moment when he's like, they're in the elevator. He's hanging on uh, below uh, Cavill. Onto, uh, he's hanging on that great that great. Um, and Cavill reveals, "Hey, uh, I know where your ex-wife is. I know where Michelle Monaghan is. Uh, if you follow me, she's dead." So yeah, oh, what does he say? No, no, when you're beat. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, when you're beat. And of course, that's not what Ethan Hunt's going to do. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's a stubborn person who doesn't. I think that's that's his motto. He's like he's he's. He, I think he says it in the movie too. It's like uh, it's not done until I say it's done. That that's Ethan Hunt's motto. Um, but one thing I forgot to mention is like I I like that this movie has. And I have to think, I, and may, maybe you'll know this, Rocky. This movie I think has more dream sequences, um, than any other Mission Impossible movie. Probably, and, like uh, that sounds right. Yeah, and it works to the benefit of Ethan Hunt's character because the movie begins with his dream where he's with Michelle Monaghan's character, with Julia, um, his wife from part three, and they're getting married. Um, and the, um, the, uh, the 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 priest marrying them turns out to be you know Solomon Lane, and then a nuclear bomb goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had some pretty rowdy, uh, deep. Dark recesses of the mind, subconscious thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he definitely had some tucked away baggage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some good stuff. So, I like that that plays into Hunt and Hill. Like, he's, he, he has that past. He has his loved ones that he's trying to protect. And yeah, it's just Hunt's brain telling him something dark is about to happen. And you want, that's. You, uh, dude, back, back to that dream sequence. You want to know what a good touch is? When he what? has that second dream it's the second dream he has because the first one he wakes up with a gun next to him and he's like "Ah," right and he's just like ready to attack the second one he just snaps awake and he realizes that he's still on the mission and sitting in front of him 
is his arch nemesis, who's been watching him the whole time sleeping. <laughs> and he just has that moment of like, you had a weird dream, man. What are you thinking of? He just has that look on his face, right? Like, hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. But what do they cut to right away? The next cut is Henry Cavill, who has also just been staring at Ethan Hunt the entire time. <laughs> he, he, he's been looking at him. Both villains have been staring at their meat, <laughs> like as he slept, you know, the whole time. And it was perfect. It was such a good cut. It was such a like, oh man, like these fuckers. Like you could tell if if you weren't on to Cavill by that moment, you were just like. That was like a, a foreshadowing. That was definitely like a like a nod to like, dude, this guy's fucked up. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy's dirty. You know. Yeah, but I I love that. Um, I love dream sequences, and I love that how how they integrate Michelle Monaghan's character back into the movie because uh, we saw her in Ghost Protocol right at the end of that movie, and and Hunt has been like keeping tabs on her. Mm-hmm. And she, she's back. She <laughs> plays a pivotal role in the in the final action sequence, which I guess we'll get to now. Um, right. Solomon, Solomon Lane's entire plot has been to set off these nuclear devices, um, and he sets them off in. He's going to. He wants to set them off in Kashmir, uh, and pollute the water there. Uh, but then he also wants to set it off there because um, he placed, along with Henry Cavill's character, uh, they placed Michelle Monaghan's character Julia right there where <laughs> the bomb's going to go off. Yep. <laughs> so. It's so another reason why I like Solomon Lane as, as a bad guy is like it's it's not that he just wants to again like it, the, the bad guys they just want to create as much destruction as possible. I guess their end game is to create world peace from that, right? It's like the more suffering, the, the greater the suffering, the greater the peace. Right. That's what they keep saying. Right. Not not only do, do they want to do that, but they only want they they, <laughs> they want to inflict as much pain on Hunt as humanly possible. And right. what what better way to do that than to put his one of his loved uh, one of the, one of the people who he most loves right there where the bomb's going to go off? So yeah, that's again this is dark. <laughs> yeah, it's just a wonderful villain. I mean, like what, really really good play on his part. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what else is great about him being a villain in that film? Um, he does that bit where you know okay that's the whole point right? Set off the nuke, pollute the largest irrigation water system of that area to where it basically destroys three countries, like yeah. period. You know it's going to ruin fucking life. You know like people will die. The coolest part about that whole thing, well it's not cool that you want to nuke it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like the the greatest part about his villain is. That's a heinous thing to do. But then when he sees the heroes on the base, like, one, he's not running anymore. He's decided to basically let the bomb destroy him. He's, like, finished running from the law. He's just going to, like, die. He's, like, he knows that he pulled off his plan if the bomb goes off and he dies, you know? So he's good, you know? That's, like, the end game. You know, he's he's cool, I pulled it off. Hee-haw. But at the same time, when the heroes come down the hill and Ethan Hunt tries to get in the fucking helicopter as it's taking off, he's grabbing the rope, he could have easily called somebody, being like, hey, stop him, or why, you know, like, but he just watched. He just literally sat there on his balcony and was just like, this is fascinating. <laughs> he, was, he was just like, this motherfucker's persistent, you know what I mean? But he was just yeah. like, no, eh, whatever, like, they're not going to win, you know, and he just like... Oh, man, I love that. I really love the fact that he didn't radio cavil nothing, like absolutely nothing. He was just like, eh, 
Like, let's see how this plays out. You know what I mean? Like, let's see how this goes. And the only time I'm actually going to take action is when they notice me. Like when Ferguson, yeah. you know, is actually rushing, you know, to try to save the day. It's amazing. It's like really good shit, like all throughout that whole movie. I mean, he was a creepy bad guy, you know? So, so we're in the final action sequence where this is, again, another moment where I don't normally have vertigo ever ever <laughs> in life or watching movies but when Cruz hangs on to that helicopter it's another moment well yeah it's like it's like the the halo jump we talked about earlier and also the even the car chase is like what's real what's practical it doesn't matter at this point because I feel it I felt almost not sick but like oh <laughs> i felt crews up and up and up in the air Ugh. risking life and limb looking down at the ground uh, again I, this is an incredible sequence where i almost lost my shit <laughs> it's incredible for a lot of reasons i mean like it's the 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 stunt work of the helicopters is incredible but you still get those which by the way it reminded me of the first mission impossible when he's you know clinging onto the helicopters and oh that's the, right the the train you know so there's some callbacks in a subtle way but it's still just way more open ended than that it's not just lazy you know what i mean um at all there's a the dogfight between those two helicopters is, is insane. It's like, uh, and the stuff that Cruz is doing where he's dangling from the rope and he actually fucks up the first time, yeah, like trying yeah. to hop over to the, to the, I don't know, the landing feet of the helicopter, whatever you would call that, the, the bar that, you know, the two bars, he tries to grab one and he slips down that rope and you just feel it. Like somebody audibly behind us was like, okay. Like he, <laughs> he literally was like, ah, you know, like, affected by it you know and i felt it too i mean i definitely like it's in the trailer it's in the trailer but when it's when you see how it builds up to that moment and when you see how it plays out you're just still just like what the fuck tom cruise like what is <laughs> like i mean everything has already been said like does this guy have a death wish oh my god he's gonna die making these movies like there's always something but until that day happens he pulled that off. He pulled off a couple of things in this film that were like, settle down, bro. Like, you know, you're Jackie Chan. Like now, huh. like, you know, like it's insane. It's like he was doing stunts in that film, the dogfight sequence in particular, this final act that were nuts, life ending nuts. And it's, it's exhilarating because like, you know, the whole point of the film is save the day, you know, the impossible miss the impossible mission to save the day. And you're still just like, <laughs> like, is, the hero's going to do it this time. Ah, like, it's still like so intense, man. I mean, uh, what else can you say about that fight? Uh, I mean, I, again, I mean, I, I was affected by it more than I thought I would. Um, I'll say that. And I can't wait to see this on, a huge screen where uh, we talked about it earlier. I'm guessing in the IMAX um, presentation, it'll be expanded. Uh, I'll say this and talk uh, last time I felt this way might've been uh, for ghost protocol. When I saw it in IMAX, they had like uh, the, the expanded aspect ratio. It was full screen whenever Cruz was climbing the, the, the Burj Khalifa. Right. Mm. That sequence, similar to this, Cruz is basically risking life and limb to film this movie, <laughs> um, and you feel it. You feel 
every step he takes, every slip up, you know, quote unquote slip up in the movie. And yeah, you're like, is he going to make it? <laughs> is the lead of this movie going to survive? And that doesn't happen too often. Um, so yeah, it, it, Tom Cruise pulls it off. Um, one of the most dedicated. That's why I love these movies. One reason why I love these movies. He's just so dedicated. That's Cruise. He's like, I want to do the craziest shit. I want to make the best movies, but yeah, I want to do something that will entertain people and not, it's, <laughs> it's crazy to say it, but it's, it's, uh, it's something no, like no other actor really does as well as Cruz at this point, you know, uh, like you're saying, Jackie Chan has done it, uh, but never like uh, no actor this big has done it on this big of a scale. So, <clears throat> It's, I mean, uh, he he is he's definitely using star power in a way that like no other I think actor has done. Like I I don't think they have the I don't know the courage to do most of the stuff that he's doing. I mean, like they they're thinking I got a stunt guy that can do that. Why risk my career? Whatever excuse, you know, whatever they want to say, and nothing it that it's an excuse. It's actually very smart. It's like, it's like Cruz. I get it. Like you think deep down inside that you can do it and look, you are doing it, but I'm not that person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's probably actors out there that are like, I'm not risking my life for that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, like hell no, you know, but it, it's incredible that he's doing that. I, I really, I, again, we're going to look back on the mission Impossible franchise as one of the strongest franchises ever. Like, a hundred years from now, if the human race still exists and we're watching things like, you know, inside of our brain, like through some holographic imagery, they're going to be like, action movie hero Tom Cruise paved the way before robots were made, you know, to to, to take all these blows, you know, for the actors. But there's, it, we're going to look back and realize that, like, dude, he was, he was one of a kind, man, like straight up, like one of a kind. Just crazy, crazy star power that's not afraid to just like not only, you know, sell... Um, a big action adventure project, but he can do whatever else. It's like he's he's a dude, you know. It's it's crazy how good he is at his job, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so at this point, Ethan Hunt is chasing August Walker, who has the detonators to the atomic bombs that are set to go off in the um, in that little that village, and in that village, uh, Elsa Faust and Benji are trying to. Um, uh, trying to find that bomb, and then they find the bomb where Solomon Lane is is there. And then Ving Rhames as Luther, he's he has another bomb. So yeah, lot, lots going on in this action sequence. So much is happening, but again, it's it's all well. It, it reminds me of Ghost Protocol, where there's just so much going on, but it's also well put together. And by the end, you're just on the edge of your seat. As it, it kind of has a similar end where nuclear bombs are in play and the heroes have to just stop the switch at the very last second. And it's so before we before we get to that very last second, the, the helicopter chase. I want to get to the crash. So they crash. Um, and <laughs> let's, let's talk about this. This 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 may be the moment where I'm like, this is. This is, I love this because it's just so insane. Um, more insane than like Rogue Nation or even Ghost Protocol. It, it really just 
goes for it. A, yeah. level, a level of insanity that I haven't seen in a Mission Impossible movie in a long time. Maybe maybe not since 2 <laughs> is, is where I'd put this, but in the best way possible. Because, okay, Rocky, talk about the, 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 the helicopter crashes. <laughs> it's, it's so bonkers because, like, it's a chase at first. Like, Hunt is trying to chase Cavill, so... At his disposal, he's got like a weight underneath his helicopter. Um, it's like it's the rope he climbed up. Plus, it's got like a, a, a package, I guess. What, what, what was that, by the way? Actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, it was like it's maybe like a like a, a care packages or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it seemed like relief package, I guess, since they were yeah. a hospital place. Yeah, it was probably full of you know medical supplies, which they fucked up. Thanks a lot, Ethan Hunt. But anyway, like, that sequence is great because it involves, like, it beca- it's basically like a wrecking ball in a weird way. Um, it's just dangling. It's huge package, and he tries to drop it on top of them, which he fails, and he gives up his cover. <laughs> which, by the way, leads me to one of the best moments when the helicopters are side by side, and Cal was looking at him like, I cannot believe you are up there. Like, you know, I cannot believe I'm looking at you. And then it cuts to <laughs> Cruz being like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's just like, that's right. <laughs> and the funniest part about that is how persistent he is, but also, like, how bad he is at flying the helicopter. I think that's, like, really funny and, like, needs yeah. to be pointed out. Because when he gets in that helicopter, it is very clear that it is, he's either, one, never, ever flown a helicopter in his life or barely had any training and if he had training, it wasn't for that kind of helicopter. <laughs> so he looks at the fucking controller. He's like, "All right, what do we got? We got we got airspeed here. We got." <laughs> he's like, like on the fly, like a nuke is about to go off, and he's like on the fly, learning how to fly a helicopter. It's legit funny. It's like super, super funny. So all that's happening. We got the the wrecking ball with the supply kind of deal, which isn't. A wrecking ball. I shouldn't even say that. It's a bad term because wrecking balls wreck. This thing was more of like a drop <laughs> thing. But then the ships, like, Cavill busts out this huge gun. I couldn't even tell you what it is, but it had tracer bullets. So you can see them flying past the helicopter every time he tried to take it out. And he, he gets Hunt a few times, and which leads to his engine failing. The oil overheats. It <clears throat> starts to, you know, heat up. But the whole time he's trying to ram Cavill. Like, with this helicopter. Like, it's that desperate. Like, he has no other plan but to just ram the copter and hope that he gets the key off the cadaver or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so he rams into him. And from there, (laughs) I love this this follow-up sequence. Because, like, after they crash into each other... They, they both eat shit. They tumble like crazy. The blades of the helicopter, they all fly off. So they're basically just like the, the shells of the chopper, for lack of better words. There's no more tail. Yeah. It's just the body, I guess you could say, of the chopper. <clears throat> and then Hunt is on the bottom of like, or on the precipice, basically, of this mountain. And Cavill's <laughs> fucking helicopter cage starts to roll like towards him like this huge <laughs> terrible Indiana Jones boulder starts to like come at him and he has no choice you know but to just get rammed by it and they just go over the edge down the mountain literally down the side of the mountain and get stuck in between it thanks to like the rocks like squeezing together it's bonkers it's absolutely bonkers, which, by the way, there's an action sequence in Paris earlier, like we were discussing, where they were in an armored car 
together, or sorry, in a big old like van together, and they get stuck together inside two walls, and they have to kick through the windshield in order to get out of there, and you know, oh, yeah. to make it on foot. That's kind of a foreshadowing to this shit that happens in the chase with the chopper. They both massive vehicles get stuck in between two like rock formations. It's amazing how they did that, and then it just keeps going from there, where, where they're just dangling for their lives off this hit these helicopters that should have killed them, like, in the crash. They're barely hanging on. And then, <laughs> the best part, <laughs> Cavill gets a little oil in his face. It burns him profusely. Like So he basically kind of becomes Two-Face in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. he, kind of, he kind of embraces, like, this amazing villain role, like, in the finale. Not until the very, very end. And that's, like, pretty dope. Um, he's a villain the whole time, but I think visually he becomes something new. You know, he becomes something, like, really crazy. Uh, but I love the fact that they both crash, they both land on a flat enough surface to where they can fight, <laughs> you know, and have a scene. But I love the fact that when they both face each other, they are wounded. Like, they're both just, like, Hunt is limping. He can barely keep it together. This dude's going to have his face burned off thanks to hot oil. And they both are just like... Oh, here it goes, and they just fight each other. <laughs> it's more of like, I mean, it's definitely a high stakes fight, but they both actors really sell that. I'm fucking tired, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm really tired. Like, it's it's amazing. It's so amazing. And then uh, what happens after that, Pico? What what, what goes down? I mean, what? Well, well, yeah, we're <laughs> here's where they. I I wanted this from the moment that Henry Cavill was cast in the Mission Impossible movie. I was like, finally we'll have a villain for Cruz that could go toe-to-toe with, with Heath and Hunt. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the fight I wanted. They're fighting on top of this cliff where... Well, th- <laughs> they go from hanging... Fr- well, no, they're fighting, then they hang from the rope that's like clinging onto the cliff, and they, the, the helicopter carcasses... The one-at-one carcasses like hanging off the cliff. They're fighting... And <laughs> this is where another moment. I think I've, I think I did this maybe five, four, four, maybe three or four or five times in the movie where I just exclaimed, "Enjoy!" When Hunt realizes, "Hey, I'm hanging off this cliff," uh, Cavill is like, "Grab it onto me! Uh, I'm just going to start rock climbing." <laughs> yeah, a, a clear. A clear <laughs> nod to Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> yes, sir. Where rock climbing plays a huge, important... Rock climbing saves the world. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So, so Cruz rock climbs up to get that, that, that switch, that, uh, that, that, that detonator. And just to fucking finish off Henry Cavill, uh, he pulls on that cord and that little hook... Uh, finally tears away from the cliff's face, and then <laughs> the hook. It's a perfect. It's a perfect villain death. Oh my god! The it's, hook, it's good. It's it's really good. The hook races down and snaps Henry Cavill's face, and boom goes Cavill. Done. Yeah. Uh, like, and what the best part is, he doesn't cut. It's like the 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 hook hits him in the head, and it drags him off the screen. Right. His next. <laughs> his next cut is we see the chopper finally falling. The hook was the only thing holding it up on the, the you know, the, the cliffside, mountainside. 
and then Cavill's body just like with a hook in his head, just falling all the way down with the chopper. The chopper explodes. He still doesn't cut. We watch this body smash against the rocks and kind of slide down even further. And I was just like, that is incredible. Like, that was absolutely incredible. I, I, I giggled. Like, I was laughing so hard. I was like, he got some dark moments in that film. It's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's up there with... Uh... Mission Impossible 3, uh, Hoffman's character getting his head, well, it seemed like his like head got clean, you know, cut off from, uh, from his body when that truck hit him, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, that cut, that, that cut is like stellar in that movie, in Mission Impossible 3. It kind of reminds me of that. So if anything, the villains in Mission Impossible, they get killed in, in, in very, in, in very, in, in ways that remind me of speed where, uh, Keanu Reeves goes, well, I'm taller. So kind of like that. So, uh, <laughs> villain's heads come off. So and then, yeah, then hunt, uh, grabs the switch. Um, uh, it all builds to the, to the countdown. At this point, Rebecca Ferguson and Simon Pegg, their characters have gotten, uh, uh Solomon Lane tied up. Ving Rhames with the help of, I, I like that Michelle Monaghan plays, a role in helping out. She I, she helps. I'm glad they did that too because there yeah. was a there was a part of me that was just like, man, if they just bring her back just to be like this, oh my god, I'm a victim, help me, kind of girl. That that's that kind of undermines what three brought to the table, and that she was down to help her hubby as best as she could, you know, and shoot some guns and do whatever she had to do, you know. Um, I'm glad that they totally had that moment of her being like, all right, I'll help Luther defuse the fucking bomb, you know, even though this is, like, bad shit. Like, I know why Ethan's here. If he's here, things are bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, period. Like, he's saving the world. Like, that's his... That's his job. Yeah. So, so I'm so glad that they didn't give her this whole, like, I'm crying over Ethan Hunt. Save me, Ethan Hunt. It's like, nah, she's, like, there to help. I'm very glad that they didn't, like, waste her character at all. I'm glad she had a... Um, a role, you know, and again, it adds to like what Luther was saying to Rebecca Ferguson earlier. It's like it's not lost on Luther. All, all his role in this thing, his friend Ethan's role, <clears throat> all of it is like very important to him. And I think he, he's he has a very chill like role in this film. He doesn't do too much as far as action is concerned, but he does bring the weight of his experience from the other films. And again, it prior to the conversation, he had a conversation with Rebecca earlier in the film about Ethan Hunt and who he loves, and he brought a lot of emotion to that, so it was really sweet to see, you know, her, uh, Michelle happen with the bomb, you know, later on again. It just wasn't wasted. It was like, I'm so glad somebody had the foresight, you know, to <laughs> to give her that and not just make her a, a lame character, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think Macquarie for sure understands that, that she she played an important role in 3, and still plays an important role in, in Ethan Hunt's life. You know, even though she wasn't mentioned in Rogue Nation, like she was mentioned in I mean, we saw her in Ghost Protocol. So I'm glad that she she was brought back and uh was given closure to her whole arc and right. and kind of closes the book on Michelle Monaghan's character. And yeah, she got to help save the world. So that I I really appreciate it because I'm I'm a huge fan of Michelle Monaghan. Um, it's too bad we don't have like a team up film with like her character and Ethan Hunt's character where they go on spy missions. <laughs> That's too bad. But hey, 
Um, at the end, we get it, it. It's a it's a it's a it's a solid ending. I don't think it's as it, it, it's not that it leaves me wanting more. It's just that I feel, and this is just my uh, we, we've been praising this movie for the last like ninety minutes. I have to I have to criticize it for a tiny bit, Rocky. Go ahead. Uh, I kind of wish there was like a, an extra scene or something at the end uh, to give us a bit more closure. Because like we end with Ethan Hunt on the bed, and yeah, like it's a very emotional speech that Michelle Monaghan's character gives to Ethan Hunt. How she's a survivor, she's living a better life now. She's happy where she is, and and Ethan Hunt should be happy where she is. Like they're both doing what they need to do in their life. Emotional moment. I love that. And then uh, Elsa Foss comes in and is there for Hunt, and then it ends on a joke. Right, like Ethan Hunt is like in bed, half dead. And he goes, "Don't make me laugh," <laughs> because he's his his verbs are broken. Um, I could have used an extra scene, something a, a bit more closure. That's all, um, because it just left maybe one or two things dangling. Um, we failed to mention that Alec Baldwin's character gets killed. <laughs> um, God, we forgot me. to mention that. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I apologize. <clears throat> that really fucked me up. I couldn't even talk. I was just like, I'm a Salomico! <laughs> but please, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and finish what you were saying about Alec. Start over if you have to. I'm sorry. All right. Let's start with Alec Baldwin. One thing we forgot to mention was Alec Baldwin's character gets killed off. Right, right, right. So that kind of left me going, what's going to happen with the IMF now? Who's in charge? You know, maybe... Because I think that's how they ended... Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, like they went back to IMF and they kind of found closure there. So, yeah, it. I like the ending, but maybe you could have used like uh, another scene where we see where they might go in the future after this. So, but that's it. You know, maybe maybe Hunt will be the leader of the IMF, and he's got a new team under his belt. See, like as in, like you know, he's chilling in the background, and somebody else takes over. You know. See, like that, I could see that happening in the next movie. Maybe, maybe that's what they're setting up to. Uh, Alec Baldwin, as much as I like him, no, I, I do like him. Yeah, and he gets like some great moments. Um, uh, it's interesting how they kill off his character. Uh, I have to think there has to be a purpose for that. Like you said, like he maybe in the next movie, it may finally be the movie where Tom Cruise is like, okay, this is it. <laughs> I'll do one more. Yeah. I, I- I got six of these under my belt. I'll give you one more stunt, but somebody yeah. else has to take this over. You know, he can finally say, "Let's let's give this to somebody else." I don't know who would be, uh, what actor right currently working is up to Tom Cruise level uh, in terms of like putting himself on screen. Um, I don't know, maybe Michael Fassbender or somebody. But uh, I don't know what's. Uh What's uh, he, Missy he, Elliott doing? Let's make her an action hero. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> switch it up. But Switch it up. Yeah, why not? Come on. Uh, I mean, have you seen those Super Bowl commercials? She was great in those. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, but uh, it's interesting where they leave it. Um, I I don't... I guess it depends on how well... Because like right now, it's people are going to love this movie. It's going to be a hit. I mean, I'm it's sorry. Gonna it's going to be a hit. There's, there's no way... I mean, there's, there's just no way. I mean, Rogue Nation was definitely received very, very well. 
I think Macquarie coming back is definitely uh, a treat for a lot of people, especially when they realize that they're going to continue the story. But again, at the same time, it's like it kind of does its own thing. You know, it's entertaining enough to where like it it can just flow on its own. It's going to be a hit. I mean, the word of mouth is already ridiculous. Um, Everyone that we love and know uh, in the film community definitely that has seen it. Um, like us, we're lucky enough to catch it a little early. Man, like, we're all freaking out. I don't think anybody has come out and said, I don't like this. Like, flat out. Like, I, I just don't like this, and here's why. Like, nobody's complained about it. Everybody's just happy as shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I hope it's, uh, I mean, it has to be a huge hit. I hope we see another one. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Uh, I... Uh, maybe Macquarie will come back, do a third one, maybe call it quits after that, and then we'll see where the, where the series goes after that. So I don't know. It's inter- I I don't want to think that far ahead though, but it's interesting. Th- that's where that's where this that's where the ending leaves me. I'm interested to see what happens next. So if anything, All that's right. positive. So but- I I don't care what they do next. I mean, like they have six films of very 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 goodwill. Uh, under their belt like they can really fuck up the next one and i'd be like well they had a good run you know or but i I, but i wouldn't be too angry about it i'd be like man they gave us six fun movies man like very very fun movies so i think it's gonna have to be as radical a shift as crystal skull was you know what i mean like the the gap is gonna have to be so extreme and severe then when they come back and weird up the party, people are going to get mad, you know? Like, they're dropping them at just the right space, I think, from apart from one another. You know what I mean? I think it would, yeah. ha- it would have to be a huge gap, and then them trying to return to it to probably drive people away or, or piss them off or something. But I don't know. People are weird. People always embrace dumb shit or, you know, I don't know. You never know. People are weird. <laughs> People are weird. If if we want to get anything across, is that people are weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess I think I think that ends our Mission Impossible Fallout discussion, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think we we definitely covered the entire goddamn movie. But um, it's it's that I mean we're we're sitting here raving about it because it's worthy of, of praise. It's 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 a film that delivers what it's set out to do. Like these films are definitely um, oddball save the day slash heist slash, you know, um, espionage films. And they keep managing to come up with really, really cool things. And yet they never forget their voice. They never forget like where they came from, you know? Um, again, this film is loaded with nods to De Palma, with nods to the Wu film, with nods to what Abrams did. I mean, like there's, it, the whole language of this piece is based on, every single mission that came before it and it doesn't do it in a manner that's like oh we're lazy we're hack we're gonna recycle this scene it's like no it's it's just using the the language again and it's it's creating new sentences (laughs) like with this language it's so good yeah it it's similar to this may be blasphemy but i don't care to me it's similar to the fast and furious franchise in that they know now that they're in a point where they can make a great film. They can, and they have. Um, but they have to acknowledge the past films and have those play a key role in the current films. 
And I think that's what that's why Fast Five is is such a great film. Fast Six, Fast Seven, um, they can reference the past films and embrace that and make it like a complete franchise rather than just like discarding uh, what came before in each in like each new segment in 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 each each new entry, I should say. So yeah, they fully acknowledge again they made rock climbing. Which was a huge, t- <laughs> which opened Mission Impossible two. They made rock climbing a big deal in the final action sequence, and I yeah. applaud it for that. They could have said, "That's a that was a silly moment in our past. We're not going to talk about that. Let's not talk about rock climbing." Yeah, <laughs> but no, but no, they were like, "This is the franchise. This is why you come to these movies because of these stunts, because of Tom Cruise, and because." The reason why you're a huge fan now of Mission Impossible movies, that reason is why you're going to love Fallout. So, yeah, I love that that, that this franchise has become that. It's become one that, with each new entry, it looks back to the past movies and embraces embraces those while also making something fresh and new. So, there you go. Right, right. It's... It's going to be remembered as one of the best franchises, like, to ever hit. You know, I mean, you name it. Star Wars, MCU, you name it. Like, any kind of franchise that's out. Harry Potter, the Bond stuff. Cruise yeah, Bond. landed a big fish. He landed a really big fish with the Mission Impossible license. And <laughs> yeah. look look what they did with it. I mean, look what they've done with it. Like, it's insane. Like, absolutely insane. I mean, tw- 22 years later, and <clears throat> we're here, and it's... This this might for me again. Like I said earlier, I don't want to rank these. If this isn't the best one, it's close to the best one. And they're six movies in, and twenty two years later. So, yeah, it's it's something else. Holy crap! Yeah, so, highly, yeah, highly recommended. Basically, I mean, like, there. If you couldn't tell from our energy on this thing, <laughs> it's highly recommended. It's it's just fantastic. I mean, Macquarie delivered the goods. Um, he still has the weird sensibilities in his chase sequences, which I love. Um, he always brings something fresh and new, and again, weird. Like, there's always something like oddballs that happens, you know, um, in his chase scenes. So I always love that, man. And so he, like, Macquarie is not lost in this thing. It's like you could still feel, like, his directing. You can still, he's not like, it doesn't feel like Cruz as a producer is taking over <laughs> what this guy's doing. It's like he's still able to tell his story, and it fits in, I think, very well with all his other stuff, from Way of the Gun all the way up to this. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter after I saw this. <clears throat> it's, I, I truly believe Chris Mercury understands Tom Cruise better than any other writer-director. Like, if you watch Edge of Tomorrow, Jack Reacher... Um, those movies and and uh, his Mission Possible movies, uh, Ghost, like he uh, recorded a um, a Ghost uh, rewrite on Ghost Protocol, uh, and he also wrote, of course, Rogue Nation, Fallout. So, McCoy understands Cruise like few directors do, and and he puts Cruise's personality in these roles. And it works. I I, love, I I would really want to see another McCoy Mission Impossible movie with Cruise. I I think it, I think it, I think it could work. I, I, but then, I, I think they could pull it off too, for sure. Um, it just has to be, you know, you can you can't rush it. You, you really gotta like no. yeah. you really gotta nail it because 
if Rogue Nation and Fallout <laughs> are the are the first two chapters, <laughs> like where do you go from there? I, and I say that as like a as a realist. It's like how do you kind of like uh, how do you how do you expand on that? It's it's great, like as is. It's great, like don't fuck with it. You know, is almost what I want to say. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I I love the marriage as well. I love. Macquarie and Cruz together. I think that they are killing it. Like they're absolutely killing it. Yeah. So, so that's where we leave it, folks. We tell you to go see Mission Impossible Fallout's, um, and that's it. And also, hey, the Mission Impossible movies are great. Go rewatch those. <laughs> um, there you go. That's it, Rocky. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, before we go, so that we covered everything. Uh, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? Definitely on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be on two podcasts pretty soon. Um, Keanu Believe It, uh, talking about Point Break with my man Sam. That's going to come out really soon. Uh, this is about to come out soon, so obviously it's going to be on Talk Film Society, so check out that. But I'm on Twitter, so R-O-C-K-I-E-W-A-R-A-N-T-Z, Rocky War Ants. Talk to me. There you go. As for me, Marcelo J. Pico on Twitter. Read up on Talk from Society. Uh, we do good work. Hey, you know, by the time this comes out, we're in the middle of Mission Impossible Week. We have, by my count, at least 10 or 12 articles on Mission Impossible movies this week. Bonkers. So check all of that out, please. Uh, I've, or I've already read. Um, I mentioned before Diego's uh, article on Mission Impossible 3. That's great. Please read that. And I've read some that are coming out this week, and they're incredible. So please read those. Uh, and that's it for me. Uh, Rocky. Always a, always a fun time. Yeah, and, man. Always a blast. Yeah, this, this went on for twice as long as I expected, but it was too fun to stop. <laughs> Just like the movie. Just like the movie. <laughs> we, we, we didn't go the length of the movie. Um, thankfully, because that's two hours and 20 minutes, because I have to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, Rocky, thank you. And folks listening, thanks for listening. And I don't know if I have a catchphrase. I'll just say, um, I'm not gonna, I was about to say my catchphrase for Hey What You're Watching, but I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I, I got it. Ready? Yeah. Mission accomplished!